0: good evening everybody i find myself being drawn back to the the heady days of 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 winter just uh just a few few short years ago when the interpretation and the understanding of a betrayal to democratic principles that horrified everyone with cause i might add was when a bunch of ucp mlas defied their own recommendations to albertans and went on vacation oh boy have we crossed a rubicon here Uh, Because for anybody who's paying any sort of attention to what's going on in Alberta politics, especially today, um, we have we've gone into some some spectacularly. Uh, and I don't I, I don't believe I'm being hyperbolic when I say this. We've gone into some spectacularly dark territory. We saw foreshadowing of this when Joseph Chow did his very, very, very bad press conference yesterday, where he refused to answer any questions about any of the legislation that was being put forward or what the legislative agenda even looked like. We saw that continued with Daniel Smith's... Uh, confrontational I think is probably a safe word to use press conference yesterday afternoon where she was simply walking away from reporter questions and not uh not that reporter questions that were addressed specifically to her and then today we had the throne speech the throne speech seemed okay we're going to get into that in just a minute here but then we got into the introduction of bill one and Boy, we've got to unpack here. To help us do that a little bit tonight, we are joined once again by the co-host of the Women of AB Poly podcast, political commentator, sometimes journalist, and super awesome human being, Deirdre Mitchell-McLean. Deirdre! <laughs> May. Why is everything burning?
1: Well, because Danielle Smith was elected premier. On a-
0: but like, Obviously. barely on a technicality. So, I want to sort of—I'm I'm hoping that you're going to tell me that I'm wrong about things tonight. So, where I'd like to start is sort of the, the, the broad strokes of what we saw introduced with Bill One today. So, I, I got to ask first of all: Did you catch the the, the presser?
1: Um. I actually had it on but I believe I was on the phone at the time so I was watching it and I was like why is Shandro's nose so purple.
0: Okay, I, didn't, I I couldn't tell what color it was but the the initial broadcast <laughs> was super pixelated and super weird. that what they've put up since is is in the proper format but I, okay. I was like what is like the jokes are too easy here because Chandro's nose <laughs> is clearly there's something going on. <laughs> um, so you caught part of it, but you weren't like super, super in depth with it.
1: No, I like, I had it on, but, um, I had gotten a phone call right before that. So I was watching it and I was trying to listen to it over you know, the conversation I was having. On the phone. Um, it did not actually work out well. And I basically got your message and start, I was, I was on the phone with somebody else and I had to, uh. I had to read the throne speech because I'd missed it when I tuned in at four o'clock. That was the, that was, that was the Shandro Daniel Smith thing. And yeah, so I, I did miss that. So uh, tell me all about it.
0: It was so bad. It was so very, very, (laughs) very like, here's the thing. And I, I actually, I spent the last hour and a half going through and pulling video clips out because there's so much of it. That if you just take a look at it and say, "Did did she just say that?" Um, <laughs> the, there's there's open to interpretation, but she started out by saying, "Hey everybody, great news! We've introduced Bill one the Sovereignty Act. Uh, Going to be fantastic." you're gonna love it um, we're already looking at ways that we're going to be uh, implementing it and pursuing it we've got the ministers who are looking at multiple different things that we're going to be aggressively pursuing she listed off things like the firearms ban she listed off things like the fertilizer ban that's not a fertilizer ban um, she she listed off a couple of other things the 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 federal government attaching requirements to funding for things like childcare and um, And then the presser started and that's where the wheels really came off because Chandra was like, I was waiting for him to drop his, uh, in due course. That was the tone. (laughs) That was the tone that he brought to the, the, all of the proceedings where he was just basically saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm going to use words now and they won't be words related to the words (laughs) that you used when you were asking me a question. But there's look, I'm, I'm using the words. Um, and, and the crux of what came up in the press conference, this is what the reporters in the room, and I have to note as well, there were a bunch of reporters on the phone that was mentioned multiple times during the the presser. And whether it was for technical reasons or I don't want to, we don't know, those reporters never got to ask their questions. So the questions almost exclusively came, with the exception of Rick Bell, uh, from people who were in the room.
1: I think that's that.
0: Yeah, all of the, the, the reporters were basically asking, hey, so in the technical brie- briefing, for anybody who's listening, and this is where I'm going to do my first, correct me if I'm wrong, Deirdre, when major pieces of change are introduced, the federal government, or sorry, not the federal government, sometimes the federal government, the provincial government, <laughs> will provide what's called a technical briefing where they will say to reporters, hey, this is a major, major change. We totally get that you're going to need some time to write the story, so we're going to give you a briefing. We're going to explain to you the nuts and the bolts of how this thing works. You're not allowed to say anything about it until X time. And most of the time they'll like take the reporter's phones and they're, they're left to have crappy snacks from some of the commentary that I've seen. Um, and then, once the embargo is lifted, then they can release their stories. Then they can ask the questions. And the the crux of the press conference was centered around, "Hey, so in the technical briefing, here is what was described to us." Right, and what they said was the process, the way that it's presented in Bill One, is a minister or any member of cabinet doesn't even have to be like a fully grown minister; it can be like a preteen minister <laughs> um, can say, "Hey." I think this might be a place where the federal government has overreached. I'm not a fan of that. And then what they do is they bring uh, that question to the legislature. The legislature then has a debate as to whether or not the federal government overreached. It's really important to note that in almost every conceivable regard, with a majority government, that debate is performative. Because if you have a cabinet that has entirely whipped votes, which Danielle Smith has, and you have, I don't know, like 15, 20 accessory MLAs, um, minus one, because that's the other big news that happened today. Uh, But if you have all of that, you're pretty much guaranteed to get passed whatever you want passed so the resolution happens the the debate happens and then once the legislature has said yes it is a very bad thing that the federal government has done we don't like it then the minister goes back and this bill grants them the power to literally do and i'm going to break one of my own rules here whatever the fuck they want (laughs) (laughs) They can change whatever laws they want. They can rewrite whatever laws they want, and they don't have to go back to the legislature. There is no oversight. This is, if I want to make a rule about how I'm going to respond to whatever the bad thing is that the federal government has said, I can make those changes, and there's nothing that's going to stop me.
1: Okay, so so first, I want to I want to say I've been in those embargoed uh, technical briefings before, and if anyone remembers the technical briefing uh, that Emma Greeny went to, and she was repeating something, uh, the government was like, "Absolutely not," and she's like, "No, this is literally what I was told," and and there was a whole thing about it. I'm going to say I'm going to say 2019 that that happened um so the technical briefing uh journalists actually aren't allowed to uh reference the technical briefing in their uh, in their articles right so it's almost like these people are brought out usually civil servants are brought out to answer questions about policy and about how that's going to go and it's basically just give them some background but they can't reference any of it <laughs> so they they aren't allowed to say well this person said this because it's just a technical briefing it has full immunity and when the government turns around and says yeah no that's that's actually not the case at all um it can cause real problems however that unfortunately has happened um so just throwing that out there then they're like as far as like this is this is the part that actually does a uh, bit of a number on me personally is that even if the provincial government decides to say, uh, no, these laws don't actually apply, you know, you're a, you're a company or you're an individual and, hey, you know what, we're just going to give you a, a get out of jail free card for this, um, that doesn't actually stop an individual or a business from being, like, from being bound to these federal laws. At least that's the way that I understand it.
0: Well, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it where they've said that, that they're not going to use any provincial resources to enforce any sort of federal uh, laws that they but find to they disagree with.
1: You, yeah, and also to protect you from them. So let's, so let's just say that the provincial government decided, uh, you know, uh, oh, CNRL, you don't actually have to. Uh, worry about these federal laws because we say you don't have to we've decided that we're not going to enforce it Well that's fabulous for the Alberta government to say but you know what CNRL is actually still uh, responsible to meet the requirements of federal legislation so this is this is this is the part that I don't really fully understand is what like it, it's it seems, as you know, is a is a fantastic word that we can now use in Alberta politics, S- um, superbly performative, right? Just because the Alberta government says you don't have to listen to that. It doesn't actually mean that you don't have to listen to it, because the federal law still applies, yeah. even if the Alberta government says, nah, we don't want to enforce it
0: yeah and, and if the federal if, if the federal <laughs> government decides that whatever that law is is but that's a separate piece, but if the federal government decides that whatever that law is is significant enough that they believe that it's important to use federal resources to enforce it there's nothing wrong with them sending a contingent of RCMP or whoever from wherever or fining,
1: yeah yeah or
0: finding the business there's 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 all <laughs> kinds of 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 ways that the federal government can still uh it, enforce the the laws the but law. that's <laughs> but that's that's the performative piece of it but the part that 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 I'm talking about is the piece where they've literally I mean Danielle Smith campa- campaigned in her leadership campaign on the premise of ah oh, the overreach of government power and she has turned around in an unexpected twist because I don't think I don't think anybody thought I certainly hadn't heard anything. Uh, and the, the shock that I'm seeing from legal scholars and from political scientists across the, the spectrum at the piece where they've given themselves, once they have this resolution uh, approved by the legislature, it's a blank check.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, believe that they, I believe that they think it is, but the reality is that it isn't.
0: Well, this is where it gets complicated because I mean, there's yeah, there's already people who are saying that this isn't a constitutional law, and there's already people who are speculating that you know this is the nightmare scenario that that so many people uh, kind of said. Boy, it's got to be really bad for the lieutenant governor to to even think about um, putting your foot down and saying, yeah, you know what, this is actually, I can't sign this uh it's that bad and she hasn't done that in almost a century um mm-hmm. so it's there's there's some people who are way smarter than me on the on the the social media and the conventional media who are like yeah she might she might have crossed the line with this and the lieutenant governor may have to say yeah no that's not how laws work, work. <laughs> yeah. um but at the same time I think part of the conversation has to be framed around the idea of right now it's illegal for me to, let's say, go up to somebody's car, break the window, and steal their purse or wallet from a, from the inside of the car. That's illegal. Yeah. But the the enforcement of that law doesn't come into play until I actually break the law. So Smith and Co., can put out a resolution saying, hey, you know what, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't think that the federal, the federal government is overreaching with their, their, their new firearms rules. It's, it's unacceptable. Uh, hey, legislature full of a majority government, you agree with us, right? And then all of the UCP MLAs who we've seen are very good poodles um, <laughs> say, yeah, you're right. It's bad. And then the minister who's in charge of that, presumably either the minister of justice or the minister of public safety or maybe there's a new ministry for all of the guns, who knows, can go through Bill 1 into their office and they can write a law that says missile launchers for everybody. Yeah. In Alberta, if you want to own a missile launcher, <laughs> we're going to let you own a missile launcher. It's it's going to be part of our Danny Bucks package. You get 200 bucks and an RPG. And until somebody brings in a missile launcher and the federal government says, well, hey, now, you're not allowed to have missile launchers under the Canadian Criminal Code. Mm-hmm. And then the court case happens because it would obviously be contested in court at that point. We still have a bunch of people who are looking at the, the rules of I could have missile launchers. I want to tank. Um, And there's this weird legal space where barring an injunction, people could be pursuing that.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the issue. Uh, I'll always go back to the turn off the taps bill. So when, uh, John Horgan, uh, Premier of BC, had challenged the turn off the taps bill when Rachel Notley actually brought it forward, and people were like, "Why are you challenging challenging this? Because it's not actually being implemented right now." But he did, and so Jason Kenney, after he won the 2019 election, just kind of sat on it uh, until the I believe there was a, a one year or two year timeline. Of let's see what happens with this before we do anything in in the BC court, and so nothing happened with it, and basically it just sort of it just sort of died. Okay, so so we're not going to do that now. Uh, the Kenny government did revamp the bill somewhat, um, but what happened with it afterwards was that the courts, like the um, I think it was an appeal court again, that just kind of said. We can't we can't give a ruling on this because we have no idea how it might be used. We don't know any of the steps that Alberta might take to actually implement it. And until we have that, we can't say that this is absolutely unconstitutional. And I kind of feel the same way about the Sovereignty Act. Because they can really just sit on it and say it's on the books and it is on the books. But until they actually try and implement it, until they actually try and use it, there's not a whole lot that the that even the courts can do because it just because there's no information. So um, you know it's a it's a it's a tough thing to I guess kind of predict because number one it requires them to actually try and use it. And now there's also this whole thing about if they do try and use it, then it requires a challenge that's going to take a certain amount of time and make an appeal that's going to take another certain amount of time like it's 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 um it's really difficult to say how all of that would work um but i feel yeah, like part of the part of the i hate, the, I hate predictive
0: <laughs> yeah no i i, I totally agree that and, and and to be absolutely clear i'm not a legal scholar uh deirdre i don't believe you're a legal scholar but maybe i'm not i
1: just really like law stuff
0: there we go so if there's anybody who's listening in the audience tonight who maybe knows the the legal stuffs who would like to say hey guys here's where you're wrong or oh my god everything is on fire uh please absolutely <laughs> click on the little microphone button in the bottom left hand corner so we can be corrected please correct me please
1: um make it better make it better. (laughs) Lie to
0: me. Um, (laughs) but you know, there's some other pieces to this that I think are really important when it comes to the, the bill one piece. And obviously we're going to see a lot of this unfold because even Danielle Smith's messaging around, uh, the, the implementation slash usage of, um, the Alberta sovereignty act was, I feel like I would be safe to call it erratic um, because one of the things that we saw was she opened the press conference by saying, uh, "Hey everybody, yeah, we're we're already looking at ways that we're going to use this thing." Like I said earlier, we've got all of these issues that we're going to come forward with, and we're gonna we're gonna stick it to the feds, good. But then later on in the press <laughs> conference, and like I don't understand how somebody who is is I don't know well. Can put these two paragraphs together because she did a whole thing about how, you know what, I think the feds are listening to us. And if you take a look, Sonia Savage went to COP27 and uh, Stephen Gobeau came out and he was like, yeah, we're not going to sign on with that regulation because the provinces will sue us and they will they might win. So we don't want to do that. And Smith was like, see, so our strategies are are, are working And then a reporter asked, so why do you need this absolute power to get around the way that laws are made in the province? And Smith turned around and said, well, because we're being ignored. (laughs) And it's like, you literally just used an example where one of your ministers was able to reportedly accomplish something incredible. And the federal government listened and your interests (laughs) were protected using current framework. And then you're (laughs) literally... I don't even know if she took a breath before she said, um, no, 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 we're being ignored. It's the only option that we have left. Like, and this is the thing that I think is, is really alarming so many people. And we'd love to hear from anybody in the audience tonight. But to me, it seems like the thing that's, that's alarming people the most is, A, this is a tremendous overreach of power. And it really is going to be up to the, the process that exists inside of the legislature to see if this bill actually makes it all the way through. It did get, uh, the, the first reading passed. Uh, so that's super reassuring. Um, even though the the bill wasn't presented to people in time that they could read it, Daniel Smith even made a tweet out of it where she was like, ah, oh, the NDP voted against the bill and they haven't even read it. Well, that seems backwards to me, but what do I know? Um, But you've got this tremendous overreach of powers where you're giving yourself the ability to write laws without any oversight, without any safeguards in place. Shandro confirmed that at the press conference tonight. Um, And it's being wielded by somebody who advocates extremely problematic views uh, and very often contradictory views we spliced together the, the video clip of her saying, um, oh, we've got a bunch of ways that we're going to use this. And less than 30 minutes later saying, we really hope we never have to use this when when you I mean, it's one thing <laughs> I trust most of the time. I trust like a, an RCMP member who has a, a gun on their 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 hip to to not use it inappropriately, most of the time, most officers. Now, obviously, that turns into a whole sub-conversation, because, yeah, there's some shitty cops out there who do shitty things. That's well-established. But most of the time, I trust that 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 officer is not just going to pull that gun out and start spraying the crowd. Um, If if that officer was as contradictory and erratic, and I'll even go so far as to use the word unpredictable and unstable, would I want him having a, a gun? No, no, I don't feel like that's safe for anybody. And here Smith has given herself a legislative nuclear weapon. Um, but we have, we got a speaker already. So James, I, I hope you're a lawyer and I hope you can tell me that everything's okay and I'm just overreacting.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yay!
3: fantastic.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think that, the, you know, there there clearly is a little bit of bias to your observations right and and it's okay to have a stated point of view and and be uh, supportive of that and that's fine but I, I will say that there is an element of where this conversation has come from right it's it's not just uh, fanciful madness that uh, she's danielle smith is is addressing Right. There is a level of frustration that there is a feeling that the federal government has excessively exerted its authority. Right. Oh, for sure. That's that's
0: that's just Alberta culture.
2: Well, it's not only Alberta culture, I I, I would say Western Canadian culture. Right. Because they're doing this to the region of Western Canada. I, I think they 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 truly do struggle understanding um Western Canadian values and and not only Albertan values but I would say Western Canadian values right and and that is where the challenge therein lies and I say that uh, Daniel Smith is not the only one that's doing this obviously in the province of Saskatchewan with the Saskatchewan first uh, uh, information policy uh, they're doing much the same and and it is it's 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 in response to, a government that went too far and that's the issue that you're having to do here and and and, and like i said uh, i do think that you know, there's an element of you know trying to gang up and not necessarily appreciate and understand where the underside is, is their frustration is right
0: oh no I, I i can assure you james uh i mean if you want to swing over to the breakdowns facebook page i can tell you i've been hearing nothing nothing but the the frustration that that people have and i i i i'm I hate playing this card, but I've lived my whole life in Alberta. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was one of the founding members of the reform party. So the, I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah. um, (laughs) So I, I, have a pretty good insight into the the whole Western alienation piece because um, I've 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 lived it personally and politically uh, my my entire life. But where I keep going back to on this is like a there's the it's okay to be upset about stuff. Uh, And I, I, you know, I'm I'm by no means am I a Trudeau apologist. I think there's plenty of things that Trudeau has done uh, that he could have done a whole lot better. I think there's plenty of things that Trudeau has done that weren't terrible. Um, But I'm not on anyone's political team. I keep having to say that for some reason. Um, But to me, where it gets scary is when somebody says, hey, you know what? That government overreach. That's unacceptable. They're reaching too far. Watch how much farther I can reach. Because they, at the end of the day, if Trudeau came out and said, hey, everybody, I've got a new piece of legislation. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take uh, uh, a resolution to the House of Commons and if I get approval of that resolution, then then me and my cadre, me and my cabal of, of people, we're going to take it back behind closed doors and we're going to write whatever laws we want. And there's nothing that you can do about it right away.
2: And that would be called the financing measures that they tried to institute just before covid uh, really well, or during the process of COVID, right? Oh, we saw yep. how how the federal government wanted oh. to be able to control its budgets without any any oversight. And, and what it, was the reaction of people? Well, it was outrage, clearly, right? <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. And, 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 and to <laughs> the point, a
1: challenge, but, JCCF but to, launched a challenge against that.
2: Yeah, but to that point, they, they 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 stepped forward with it, right? And that's the issue. So I I do think that. Um, your perspective is slightly uh, exacerbated by the, the fact that there is a necessity to, to stand up to this uh, direction that the federal government is coming with, right? Uh, I, I think that as it comes to Western Canadian uh, perspectives, they're completely out of touch. Clearly, their message isn't resonating note here. And, and they're feeling great. Um, they try and do everything that they can to not work with the provinces, and they go directly towards municipalities, right? They I don't know. Go the-
0: I, I, I got to challenge you on that, James, because there's three letters that everybody keeps forgetting about, uh, especially Premier Smith. TMX, man. I mean, the reality is the the feds have stepped up with. I think we're at like twenty four billion dollars now, or something ridiculous.
2: Yeah, uh, industry was going to build it for seven. So you think that no, no, industry, uh, no, they weren't.
1: No, no, no they, they weren't. weren't. They got out of it because that, they absolutely. Didn't well, what was happening? With yep. <laughs> Come on, people. No, no,
0: no, that's, no that's that's
2: that's no. demonstrated that's demonstrated history. The company no, that was not, the issue. What you end up having with TMX is they came into it at a time because of their own. Uh, soldiers like the rebel rousers were getting it to the point where it wasn't getting completed industry got frustrated right but industry always in in the industry energy side of things will always con- uh, develop uh, an asset at a far greater rate than what federal government will and it's and it's playing itself out and that's the thing so you're saying that TMX somehow justifies its participation. Absolutely not. No, it's, no, no, it's, no. That's not what
0: I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that it's a disingenuous argument to say that the federal government doesn't do anything for the provinces. The federal government doesn't doesn't work anything for the provinces. And I mean, I, I have to disagree with you factually. If anybody has a link that they want to throw into the comments that proves me wrong, I'm totally up for it. But the company that owned TMX was getting out of it they believed that there wasn't a financial case for it, just like the tech mine here in Alberta. They believed that there wasn't a financial case for it. And the federal government said, hey, you know what, we're going to rescue this project.
2: Now, wow. you could not I'm, like the your liberals... level of energy ignorance is impressive. I will say that. I will say that. Your, your level of energy ignorance is, is quite impressive.
1: Oh, okay. So, Hold on. Yeah, that no, because... I think... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You need to actually... If you go outside of the province of Alberta and see what is going on with energy, and I mean, you really do have to go outside of the province of Alberta, because I did spend a good seven or eight hours one day looking for something that led me into the States. I I couldn't find anything in Alberta, couldn't find uh, enough in Canada, led me into the States. And then... The, the most information I got was actually out of the UK. And that was when I, when I really realized what kind of a, an information bubble we are in, in Alberta. And considering that we are an oil-producing province, you'd think that we could get oil-producing information in Alberta. And you can, as long as it is specifically to Alberta. But the idea that it's a global economy... Uh, or sorry commodity the idea that pricing is not up to us and we set that up I like I love I I really think a lot of Peter Lougheed but holy crap did he screw us by you know a lot of the things that he did in standing up for foreign investment because it was foreign investment in Alberta oil sounds and uh that's why all of our refineries are in the U.S. That's why we send our oil down there and then pay to bring it back. It, their policies screwed us. And it is very unfortunate, but that is what happened. And we cannot keep relitigating what happened in the past because that is not our reality today. Our reality is how do we deal with this now? We're not building refineries. We are not like that. That's never going to happen. The uh, the Northwest Upgrader, which is now I believe called something else, um, like like all of these things that we have spent money on, we have lost a ton of money on. Why? Because the majority of our oil producing companies were pushing the oil down to the U.S. That's why. Yep. Like that, and and this is also why. After forty some years, conservatives in Alberta finally went. Gee, you know, a national energy program might be really helpful. No shit, would have been helpful forty years ago. Just not going to happen today. So, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to—I just want to say
0: for the record here—it's—it it, it <laughs> took me all of the the first half of, of Deirdre's uh, response there for me to uh find this particular link from august of, or sorry from april of 2018 where tmx it's now in the chat for the spaces tmx made the announcement that they were halting non-essential work on kinder morgan pipe or on trans mountain pipeline and sets drop dead deadline on april 9th 2018 tmx announced that kinder morgan was halting all essential activities and related spending on the Mountain pipeline project leaving the future of the 7.4 billion, 7. billion project up in the air uh, um and it was it did so because of the uncertainty created by the opposition of the bc government so you can you can we trade in facts here as best as we can and so the bottom line is to be absolutely crystal clear tmx would have been canceled had the federal government not stepped in and rescued the project and we can go back and forth on whether or not that uh Uh, that that was a good idea or a good Mm -hmm. spending of of money. I don't have a problem debating that, but I would like to just say for the record, if you're going to come into the show with things that aren't true, we're going to call you out on it. Um, That being said, if anybody else has anything they'd like to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, I did write, because we knew that Trudeau was going to take that over. And I swear to you, I was the only person who wrote like a thank you, Trudeau, for saving this, this project, because we were kind of screwed. Like if, if, if if, uh, Kinder Morgan pulled out of that, it was going to affect us. And now I'm not going to say that it made it easier that there was opposition in BC. Um, Kinder Morgan was one of the first ones to step up and say, you know what we actually didn't do a fantastic job at consultation. Yep. We should have done better. Like like there 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 was Oh, a I'm not whole trashing Kinder Morgan. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> like there was a whole thing going on at the time and the fact that Trudeau was like yes, I'm going to buy the pipeline uh or sorry, that Canada is going to buy the pipeline Canada is going to make sure that this is actually put through and there were there were all these other things about the provincial and federal jurisdiction at the time which was the big fight and Kinder Morgan itself was uh, i guess stymied by the provincial jurisdiction the federal government was not that's the other reason why the fed stepped in so like th- this is a it, it's it's a multi-layered thing and Trudeau saved our asses, and uh, I swear I'm the only person that wrote a thank you for it.
0: Well, good everyone you. else. Was but see, that almost that almost brings me to, and I'm going to bring it back to Bill One because that's what we're here to talk about tonight. We're going to be mm-hmm. doing our regular show tomorrow night, and we'll we'll be talking more about Bill One and a bunch of other things like uh, resignations that happened today. Because,
1: <laughs> ooh,
0: that was that was a
1: shocking. Pointed shocking? little.
0: I just want to say, <laughs> for the record
1: nailed it um oh also um (laughs) according to uh my friend michelle who tweeted something out while we were uh talking earlier uh apparently i also nailed it in
0: 2018 what was
1: that -hmm. remind me oh i i i'm not positive i didn't read the article i'm just saying she (laughs) she retweeted one of my articles and was like you know my pal called this in 2018 and i was like I believe you.
0: <laughs> so the, I guess the, I guess the moral of the story is that the, the, the more often we all than knew not,
1: this the, is coming.
0: The, the breakdown, of, <laughs> the breakdown in friends gets stuff right. Um, right. But going back to Bill one, and I, I got to say, I did not, I was, just, I'm not convinced whether or not James was saying he was going to try to comfort me, or whether or not he was actually a lawyer. I'm not convinced that we'd actually had <laughs> a legal opinion on the thing yet, because we didn't talk about that. We talked about Western alienation, which, I mean, here's here's my thing. If you're going to be in a position of leadership, racing to the bottom is only what makes things worse. Daniel Smith is an expert at that. But again, like, even if you want to accept the argument that, oh, you know, the feds, they overreach too, that if, like, if you're going to say, ah, that guy's a dick for doing that thing, I'm going to do it, but more. Like, you've, you've abdicated any kind of moral high ground. You're not making anything better. You're making things worse. You're speeding up the car that doesn't have any brakes. And this all comes at the same time where Daniel Smith, I mean, some of the other things that she said in the press conference that I want to try to unpack as well, is she mentioned uh, because the rebel asked a question. Uh, did you catch the, the rebel's question, Deirdre? Dear?
1: The rebel's question?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm trying to limit myself to one f bomb for this this thing, but I don't know, man. Uh, the rebel asked the question about, hey, so you know, you said that you were going to make vaccine choice a protected human right, and you've kind of walked back from that, uh, and she has, by and large, walked back from that. But um, are you going to? Uh, are you? What are you going to do? Because there's this lady who wants a transplant. She can't get it because she's not willing to do the the things like get vaccinated. Um, are you? Are you going to do anything about that? And her response was, "Well, I'm looking for opinions. Uh, I've gotten one opinion that says that I can't. I'm looking for another one, which is basically like completely on brand with her approach to." I don't know, COVID-19 management, if you don't like the opinion, the facts that you're presented with, go find somebody who will lie to you. But uh, this is another part of the the overreach where everybody and their dog is saying, you know what, there are medical criteria that are used as predictors of outcomes for transplant surgeries. And those medical criteria need to be applied judiciously and largely you know, dispassionately in order to make sure that the limited organs that exist go to the, limit, like the, the, the people who are going to have the best possible outcomes from things. And Smith is, is implying in the press conference that she's going to throw her completely non-medical opinion into the mix to, to try to change the potential outcome. And it just, it's, again, another one of those examples where, like, and she's got the, le- the, the legislative nuclear weapon now. She um, can't keep herself out of fights that she's not supposed to be in and she just gave herself the legislative nuclear weapon that has no checks and balances whatsoever.
1: Okay, so I have to ask Nate because do you remember do you happen to remember when I threw out a a a tweet that I was just like would Daniel Smith uh intervene? I do remember. Okay, is that is is
0: That's that... what we're talking about. And oh. Smith said that there's another one. <clears throat> right? So I'm going to let you percolate on that because we've got Josh who's tapped in with some thoughts. Uh, so hopefully Josh meant to push the button on purpose. If you did, Josh unmute yourself and, uh, let us know what's going
3: on tonight. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on here. Um, I joined, uh, once James was here, uh, it's good that you guys have this room. Well done. Uh, I don't know who you guys, but I live in Ontario and I'm um, this, this what's going, this disturbance in the West is, uh, is concerning to me from a federalist point of view, but I'm not here to talk about that. I wanted to ask you guys if you guys live in the West, uh, do you think do you think there's merit and or um, I don't know how to word this, but this parallel or the syllogism between Alberta and Quebec, this this idea that uh, what the, the the treatment that the that Quebec gets from the federal government should be applied to each province. I'm curious how do you guys how how, how do you feel about that sentiment within within Alberta?
0: I think it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'll just step right up to the plate on that one. I think I think it's absolutely ridiculous. If you take a look at the history of uh Quebec in Confederation, it is in almost every conceivable way, starkly different from the history of Alberta. Uh, It does... And I say this again. I said this earlier. I've lived in Alberta all my life, um, with the exception of a couple of small sojourns elsewhere. But um, if you were to line up Albertans with Saskatchewanians and... um, I would even be tempted to go as far as, as as Manitoba. In many examples, what makes anybody in those three provinces fundamentally different? Well, we've got the mountains, but that's really it. From a from a cultural standpoint, if you take a look at the the um, mosaic, I'll use Miss Smith's word familiar earlier today uh, that exists across those three provinces, and I would even go. I would be even willing to go halfway through BC. Uh, the 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 cultural differences that exist are negligible they 're minor um, so to say that Alberta in any way merits some sort of distinct society uh, consideration is is just patently false. Now, I do think Quebec gets away with a lot of stuff that probably should be remedied the fact that they have parts of their resource revenue that is excluded from the equalization formula because of how they <laughs> structure <are>. things <laughs> Okay, so maybe I'm wrong about that. All on that right <laughs> out of the gates. Uh, thank you, Deirdre. Uh, but the, the the there are you know the the you would be very hard pressed to find anywhere in Alberta where anybody's only speaking French. Right. Uh, it, it, that's just not a thing. And and Alberta truly is in many ways. I think. Oh, my God, I'm about to agree with Daniel Smith. Somebody (laughs) kill me and light the room on fire. Um, But Alberta really is a mosaic of a lot of different cultures. I obviously indigenous cultures, First Nation cultures, they get the first shout out because, well, they were here first. Um, But even when you start to take a look at all of the different cultures that exist across Alberta, you take a look at southern Alberta, you've got uh, a, a very large LDS population um when you go to northern alberta there's a lot of other distinct cultural groups that exist up there and all of them add up to this mosaic that is alberta but you could literally find any of those groups present in just about anywhere else in the country and so it's ridiculous to me that we are constantly measuring ourselves up against quebec who've got like I don't know, a 400-year head start in Confederation, or at least in <laughs> history in Canada as a non-Indigenous uh, culture. In
1: occupation.
0: Yeah, exactly, there too. Um, to, to constantly be trying to compare us. It's like if Alberta was to say, oh man, you know, we've got a rich history just like Egypt. <laughs> like, no, you can't compare that the The rich history that that exists before settlers came out here is is solely the the domain of Indigenous and First Nations peoples, and that's just mm-hmm. that's just the reality. So, and and the reality is, I'm going to finish up before I, I hand this off to Deirdre. The reality is is if you want to say that there's any group in Alberta that should have consideration as being a distinct society, it would be the Indigenous peoples of Alberta, and they're the ones who have said the loudest and most consistently, hey, Smith, you can take your Sovereignty Act and you know where to put it. So mm-hmm. if, if we're going to say that there's distinct societies that should be re- represented and listened to and elevated, I'm sorry, it's not the, it's not the, the white folks driving F-150s. That's not a distinct not. society. That's not a culture. It's a frigging truck. Deirdre, your <laughs> turn.
1: <laughs> so our, our issue with Quebec is that, um, that they have been able to leverage their voting power in a way that gets them what they want. And Alberta wants the same thing, except we really don't have the voting power, partially because Albertans tend to, some 80-some percent, vote conservative all the time, no matter what, in any circumstance. And because of that no one has to fight for our vote. That was actually, you know, in a way that was kind of a benefit of reform is that it told the Conservative Party, no, we want something more. Um, I honestly look at like what what the Conservatives and the Liberals have today. And, you know, it, it may not represent Alberta in the way that they want, but Alberta can have its own, um, you know, Bloc Quebec law, we could have a Bloc Alberta and just be like, nope, these are, these are the people that we're sending to Parliament to only fight for Alberta. They're never going to form government in the same way that the Bloc Quebec law is never going to form government. Yes. However, if you really, really want someone who's only going to fight for your interests, you can do that, but you'd have to vote for somebody other than conservatives. Like I, I honestly just I'm I'm uh, it, the the issues that we have with Quebec partially because they have leverage but it, it but it is it's voting leverage. Um it is it's we're not going to have that. We don't have that. And as much as anybody wants to try and say that we could have that, it is crap. That's why we're, that's why, that's why Alberta and Saskatchewan are teeing up together. That's why they tried to get Manitoba in as well. But the Manitoba premier was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, I'll think about that. I have other things to worry about right now. And that was a huge, like, that was a, that was a setback for Daniel Smith. But this is the reality is that there are people in this province who believe that Alberta's separation or, sorry, that uh, Western alienation is much greater of, of a voting block than it actually is. Because as a, as a general rule, most of us, Canadians first wherever we happen to live and so I mean yes there are things going on right now it's scary to the rest of Canada it's scary to us as well and because of that uh, you know we're we're all kind of dealing with the same issues uh, all like it's 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 difficult for all of us to, to put yeah. it that way
3: I think a good uh, example, anecdote that highlights this uh, this point here that we're bringing up would be the Energy East pipeline, where, uh, you know, as we know, that was cancelled. Uh, and many speculate that it was Quebec that had an issue with that pipeline. Uh, we know that Alberta and New Brunswick uh, would have benefited from the pipeline. Um, and there was a big uh, kerfuffle about it. And the Montreal mayor at the time was... Uh, Quoted, he, he made a tweet uh, addressing the issue where he just said 4 million compared to 1.13 million, essentially um, the population of Montreal versus the population of Saskatchewan, right? Okay. So it's less, in, you know, I, I hear your point about, um, you know, party allegiances, uh, but it's also. Uh, worthy of consideration, the population demographics in the oh, eastern sure. part of the country. For sure. And uh, just to highlight that, uh, Quebec has 78 seats and Alberta and New Brunswick together only have 48. So you guys are right on the money with respect to, to voting, um, voting power.
0: Well, that's, yeah. I mean, Quebec has double the population of Alberta, and I just double-checked that, so I know I'm right. Um, <laughs> but it, I should say roughly double the population of Alberta. But Quebec has double... It's, it's like... Uh, it's like getting pissed off that the guy who... It's just dumb. And it's... it's If if I do not want to spend my... I, A, I, I, I Like Deirdre said, and I agree with her 100%, I think the vast majority of, of, of Albertans consider themselves to be Canadian first. Um... Uh, or, or define more of their identity through a Canadian lens is actually a better way to say it because I hate that Alberta first, Canadian first garbage. Um, but I think that more Albertans define themselves through a Canadian lens than they do an Albertan lens. And I do not want to spend my time as, a, as an Albertan and a Canadian constantly measuring myself up against you know, a Quebecer or Québécois, or a New Brunswicker, or a Newfoundlander. Uh, I just don't. I don't want to do that. I live in Alberta. Um, I will define myself as a Canadian who lives in Alberta. I'm proud of a lot of things that happen in Alberta. I've got generations that go back in Alberta. But to to make the, the soul, it's that grievance identity. That's what bothers me about it. It's that the only thing that I can talk about with my identity is how unfairly uh, I am compared to another province. Like that's stupid. There's so many awesome things about Alberta. There's so many things that Alberta has that Quebec doesn't have. Uh, there's it's it's just that that constant comparison is is silly. It's toxic. And it's, it's unhealthy, I would argue, for confederation because you're constantly pitting provinces against each other as opposed to trying to work collaboratively together. Even Smith's – I mean, Deirdre, you referenced it, but even Smith's um, whole we're going to ignore the feds and build a corridor to Port of Churchill, even though that's a dumb idea um, – that is predicated on an adversarial relationship. And politicians do that because they know it will get people angry and they know that translates into donations. It worked for Smith. I mean, you take a look at all of the things that she promised in her... um, And that's the thing that frustrates me the most about Bill 1, is that you take a look at all of the things that she promised in her leadership race and how many of them she's watered down or backed down on. And at no point in the leadership race did she come out and say, I'm going to create an Alberta Sovereignty Act that is not only going to give me the power to say no to Ottawa, but it's also going to give me the power to do whatever the fuck I want. She didn't say that.
1: Oh, oh, oh she kind of did. Did she though? Did she yeah. say she was going to make it so that she could make her? Because I, oh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was one hundred percent.
0: She said she's uh, going to give herself the power to make her, make her, her, own laws.
1: Well, essentially, yeah. Like that was, I, I have to say, that was from the beginning. That was their, that was their, uh, that was, that was the whole deal. Which is why people were paying attention to it. Which is why the narrative. Of the sovereignty act actually ran the UCP leadership race. It it was no, she was she was pretty straightforward, and and so were, uh, so who's now her chief of staff, I believe, uh, Rob Anderson. Um, no, Marshall
0: Smith is the the chief Marshall of staff. Okay. Rob so Anderson's do- like the I don't know, friggin' brain trust or whatever.
1: Okay, so <laughs> Rob Anderson, <laughs> who I believe ran her campaign.
0: Yeah, he was there? the campaign chair. He was the campaign okay. chair.
1: He was the campaign chair, but he's also one of the authors of the Alberta Sovereignty Act. Um, or or whatever it was called then. The
0: Free Alberta Strategy. Thank
1: you, Free Alberta Strategy. Uh so he's one of the authors, and and I mean, between him and uh Barry, hmm, give me the U of C guy. Um so between oh. between all of the authors there were three of them and their commentary around it was uh, was was 100% I, I guess uh, number one it's unconstitutional and and it's supposed to be uh, number two it's um, very far-reaching uh, but you know this is this is uh, Daniel Smith, you know, like you said, she holds very contradictory positions. And as the libertarian uh, wannabe, because I can't actually call her a libertarian, but as the libertarian wannabe, she is pretty much the first one to say, well, yeah, unless I say differently. So like, this is, uh, it's, it's, no, this is something that that absolutely 100% was kind of out there during the leadership race, which is why so many of the leadership contestants came out against it, which is why... See, I feel like, though, yeah. if if Smith
0: had come out and said, hey... Convoy folks. You know those emergency powers that you're so pissed off about? You know how you don't like how they can just change the rules on you? Oh
1: I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna
0: do it 24-7. Vote for me. Yeah. I feel like she probably wouldn't have got the support she gotten, but we have a reasonable voice. See what I did there that has uh, <laughs> has weighed into the 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 hand raising microphone experience. So I'm gonna ask, I can just see reasonable. Um, what's, what's going on tonight? You might have to unmute yourself or I can rant some more. That works too.
4: I believe I've done that now. There we go.
0: How's it going? Not bad.
4: Nate, Deirdre. Love listening to both of you. Um, it's only the second time I ever chose to talk. It's been a while. It's Sean. Just to, uh, I just want to go back on a bunch of stuff you've said. So, and I guess to give my receipts, I as well, born and raised in Northern Alberta. Uh, my father was one of the uh, founders of the WCC, and what went on after that. Um, first off, I went to school all my schooling in Peace River. I come from just north of there, and. There's large French communities there. I grew up with people whose first language was French. Yep. Just to point that out. I went to university in Saskatchewan at the U of S. I promise you, they are culturally different. I thought I was going to find my people. I did not. Um, and I guess to just bring up, I've talked about this before. Um, I am a libertarian. I think that the base values of liberty are what differentiate the Albertans that I know where I come from are about. Uh, The UCP is not libertarian, none of them. They like to co-opt that word because they think it makes what they're doing. And this, to bring it back to the topic, this act they're coming up with here by couching it in libertarian language it is not libertarian the base value of libertarianism is that it is liberty for all it must be given it cannot be taken you cannot get someone to give you liberty you must ask for it and it must be given and this goes contrary to every libertarian value everything i learned uh, in the political history of my family, in my philosophy courses in Grand Prairie and Saskatoon, this is the exact opposite of that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Don't have much more to say other than that because I, I'm gonna wait and see what actually happens with this. I mean, I think the base problem I have right now is. Mark Smith is my MLA. He said he's not going to run again. Uh, he hasn't listened to anything anybody's ever said anyway. But I think it brings up a, a base point that I think all Auburns are struggling with is the entire fact that, that this can even happen or even po- is a possibility. How how Why can't I go to Mark Smith and say, hey, What's going on? Are you really abdicating all the power that our electorate gave you to other people? Is that what you're doing? I mean, it, it is what he's doing, but yeah, anyway. That's
1: No, I uh, appreciate. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. 100% agree.
0: I mean, and, and I'll tell you Sean, um uh, North of Peace River, beautiful country. I grew up uh, I spent my formative years in Fairview, Alberta, uh Dunvegan Valley love that part of the province and uh it, it is there's definitely like to to compare the the i i guess i could use the word culture in in fairview and the surrounding areas there's Obviously, massive differences between that area and where I live now, which is Calgary, Alberta. Uh, but again, that goes more towards the uh, the point that I'm, I, I was going for is that the, it really is – again, I find myself agreeing with Smith – it is a mosaic. There are many distinct uh, cultures uh, that exist across the province, but I just don't think that it's it's comparable to something that is as institutionalized as as what exists in Quebec. I'm going to throw it to Stephen real quick, who's got a pretty dope uh, profile picture there. Stephen, what's going on tonight? <laughs> are you there, Stephen? Yeah. Oh. Okay. What's going on, Stephen?
1: Oh, unmute your mic. Other did mic.
0: We, did we break Stephen? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. He's like unmuted, but it's, 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 it's tragically silent. So yes. maybe, maybe. Oh,
1: oh, he, m- muted
0: again. he muted again. Oh, well, <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are, are speechless with Bill one tonight, mm-hmm. but um I promised myself I was going to keep it to around an hour because uh, I want to save some of this for, for tomorrow's show, uh, which is going to be the, the, the video event broadcast to multiple platforms. God willing, I will have for sure solved my audio (laughs) issues and your audio issues already sound like a bajillion (laughs) times better. So I might have to get some cheat notes from you, Deirdre. Um, I got one more thing that I want to just point out because of course it happened like this um and i i'm I'm gonna say right now we're probably gonna end up going late tomorrow because there's just so much including the resignation of jason kenney which was about as clear a (laughs) you can go screw yourself as one could imagine for anybody who wasn't paying attention to the specific timeline jason kenney tweeted out in true ucp fashion he tweeted it uh, his resignation, literally, the moment after Daniel Smith's dictatorial press conference ended— it was, you know, we'd, we'd been hearing rumors for a couple of days now that there was going to be one major resignation that was going to happen today. Uh, There's a lot of speculation that it was going to be uh, other MLAs, in particular uh, one who ran for leadership. That person did not resign. Um, and, and we doubled down on our Kenny prediction yesterday. Sure enough, <laughs> Mr. Kenny said, so long, thanks for all the fish. Y'all are way too crazy for me, which I think is saying something in and of itself. When you're too populist for Jason Kenny. <laughs> Yikes! On oh, bikes.
1: No, no, just just populist in a different way. Mm. Like that—that's actually the issue with with Kenny is that he had he had his own uh, set of goals, and now those goals have actually changed. And I have to uh, I have to give it to the membership in 2018 because when I was walking out of the UCP convention, I was behind two gentlemen and one of them said, uh, you know, like sucks to be Kenny basically. And the other one was like, well, you know, that's, that's his job now. He has to deal with us. And I was just kind of like, Ooh, ouch. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you court uh, people who, may not necessarily agree with your vision, but are willing to vote for you. And that's what Daniel Smith is probably going to come up against very soon.
0: Oh, the when when she <laughs> when the when the, the convoy folks figured out that she has gone farther than even Trudeau when the the convoy folks start to put it together that her word salad of, we would have to change all of the laws in order to make vaccination status a protected human right, because all of the laws say that a choice can't be a discriminated grounds for discrimination. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, emotionally volatile folks who are going to be very emotionally volatile, but I think that we have to end tonight's session with the the observation that uh we were just talking about northern Alberta, do you know what happened in Northern Alberta tonight Deirdre today this afternoon right at around the same time as bill one was being introduced. I'm not even making this up do you know
1: oh what was that? I'm sorry I got a phone call that I had to that I had to disconnect
0: <laughs> oh that's cool i was I was asking do you know what uh I wish I was making this up, but do you know what happened in northern Alberta? Uh, It felt throughout the entire province. I'm not even making this up at around the same time that Daniel Smith was introducing Bill 1. No, what? It was an earthquake.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see.
0: We had a (laughs) 5.1 on the Richter scale earthquake that occurred in and around the Peace (laughs) River area. Um, that was felt all the way down to Edmonton. Some people said they could feel it in Calgary and I am hard pressed to come up with a better metaphor for like, I'm just waiting for fire to fall out of the sky. I mean, I, <laughs> which you is know... terrifying, a terrifying thing to experience, by the way, I have experienced it once. Do not recommend. Um, but, my, uh, go ahead. Jury.
1: My grandmother grew up in, uh, Beddington and, uh so Beddington in Calgary when it wasn't Beddington yet, it was just like farmland. And she used to tell me that you could, that there were earthquakes. So this is, this is actually possibly a, a return to some of these. Cause I, I always kind of like, I was like, really earthquakes? Really? Um, you know, we have tornado alley, we have all these other things and, um, yeah, they just, uh, I don't know. There were there were a few people that were like is that fracking? <laughs> I did see that. Um but yes, I did you're you're right. I I did actually see a couple of comments that were like we just had an earthquake <laughs> in, in like near Slave Lake and uh yeah, felt all the way to Edmonton and um yeah, sure. Uh I mean, Daniel's here's my th- speech day, sure why not.
0: <laughs> here's here's my thing with it. If If you introduce legislation that usurps democracy in the province and the literal (laughs) province literally (laughs) shudders, it's probably time to check yourself.
1: (laughs) Oh, if you believe that there are deeper meanings in things, but, you know, some people really don't. (laughs)
0: i I don't know i like i'm i'm a i'm a big most of the time i'm like ah stuff happens but every once in a while the the universe aligns and you kind (laughs) of have to go i don't know man maybe that means something (laughs) yeah so like i I just feel like maybe maybe it's a good time for daniel smith to i don't know look in the mirror perhaps um see what see what i did there um deirdre we're gonna we're gonna Pick this up. Probably revisit some of this conversation tomorrow night. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I want to thank everybody who raised their uh, their hands to speak, even though not all of you spoke, and some of you said some things that weren't true. <laughs> we still we still love the conversation, and it is being able to have these conversations that's so 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 important. And I mean, like I like. I think that one of the things that everybody needs to do a little bit more is if you if you believe something and somebody is able to say to you, here's why that's demonstrably wrong. Like, Deirdre, you did the Quebec thing with me, and I was like, okay, you know more about federal stuff than I do, so I'm just going to accept that. Um, <laughs> it's okay to say... I guess I was wrong about that. It doesn't make you a lesser person. It doesn't make right? you weaker. It doesn't, make, it doesn't diminish you in any way. I'm a big believer that admitting you're wrong actually makes you uh, stronger and better because you get to be less wrong because you're not wrong about that thing anymore. Um, being less
1: wrong is awesome.
0: <laughs> it, it is. And given that we, we, we celebrated a couple of predictions that the breakdown in friends made, being less wrong is awesome.
3: Yeah
0: uh i have to i have to do the plug just because we're we need some 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 more stuff to make the video stuffs work perfectly uh so if you appreciated the space if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at the breakdown you can sign up to be one of our patreon supporters at www.patreon.com slash the breakdown a b where for even just like five bucks a month every every little bit it goes together and there's folks I'm not gonna lie. After Sunday's show, there were folks being like, "So you're buying Deirdre a new mic, right?" Um, so we, you know, you can you can help to do that through the 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 Patreon page. Um, okay,
1: I have to say, I did get a message the next day going, "What is wrong with your audio?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "It wasn't just me."
0: <laughs> no, no, there was there's some some other things, but I I, I have. I I literally tore the studio apart and put it back together. uh, And I'm hoping that that will resolve the audio issues on my end. And like I said, your audio sounds great tonight, tomorrow night, we're going to be going at eight o'clock till I don't know the end, I guess. uh, Cause we're going to be talking more about bill one. We're going to be talking about the many events that we've seen already in Alberta politics. This is going to be a three show week which is nuts because I remember when we first started, it was like one every two weeks and we were like, eh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. There's nothing really going on. And now it's, I guess we have to have an emergency show because Daniel Smith is destroying democracy in Alberta. Um, but in the meantime, uh, <laughs> 24 hours from now, uh, take care of yourselves. I want to just say as well, there's nothing wrong with self-care. Uh, it is, it's, an absolutely unprecedented time, I think, by and large, in most of our lifetimes in Alberta politics, things are so nutty so fast, so often. And for anybody who pays attention to Alberta politics, it's really easy to want to pull your hair out. So there's nothing wrong with getting yourself a uh, give yourself a Kit Kat, give yourself a break, or whatever other treat makes you feel happy. There's nothing wrong with self care. Uh, Because Lord knows If what we've seen today is any indication We're in this for the long haul We will see you all tomorrow night And in the meantime Take care of yourselves Keep the conversation going